Turn your Bibles to Matthew 18. Matthew 18. I'll probably spend a couple weeks in Matthew 18. How, how mature are you? Is there a way to measure your maturity? How mature are you as a, a, a Christian, spiritual maturity? It doesn't have anything to do with age. It doesn't have anything to do with tenure. It doesn't have anything to do with position. It doesn't have anything to do with how long you're in the pew. But it is measurable. There's a way to measure maturity, and that's what I'd like to look at today. There are people who think they're mature, and they're not. There are people who don't think that they're mature, but they are. Would you be interested in measuring your maturity today? Can we, put a, can we put a dipstick in your heart and measure your maturity today? Let's do it. So Matthew chapter 18. Look at verse 7. Woe to the world because of offenses. For offenses must come, but woe to the man by whom the offenses come. Offenses uh, are inevitable. They're, they're part of being in this world system. It's part of, part of life. It's a fact of life. Offenses are when things happen that happen to you that set you back. Things that offend you, that, that insult you, or, or, or just cause you to go, whoa, what, what is that? And, and they happen to all of us. And uh, there's, no way, there's no way to stop them. In fact, the same verse in Luke's account, Luke 17, 1, he says it's impossible but offenses happen. It's impossible to get through life without offenses. You will be offended. Tell the person next to you, say, look them right in the eye and say, you'll be offended. You could say, not me, I'll die for you. But no, 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 you'll be offended. You'll be offended in your family. You'll be offended in friendships. In fact, you can't have a friendship without being offended. You can't have fellowship. There's no such thing as an offense-proof church. You could even move from church to church because you're offended. You're offended by somebody over here. They did this, and it, it just... You couldn't believe that they did that, and it happened. You can move to a, another church, and... And, and it'll happen there, and you can move to another church, and there's no way to really stop it from happening. Jesus is saying, it's going to happen. You're in this world, it's going to happen. And I, I see people who don't navigate it very well, and so what they end up doing is their churches get smaller and smaller, and finally it's just them in a phone booth. <laughs> uh, the, the, that's their, it's just I can... Then they get offended at themselves. Then they get offended at God. I, I've talked to some young people who were offended at God, and they were asking me, do I need to forgive God? I've never heard anybody, I've never met anybody in all these years of working with people who were angry at God, who hadn't misunderstood his heart. And in time, they come to realize, oh, it's me. I, I had it wrong. I thought, I thought, 
You know, I was offended to him because I prayed, I prayed my heart out for something and it didn't happen. And, and that set me back. And then I decided to pull back from God and withhold my heart from him. And it happens all the time. It's a trick of the enemy. It's a major, major work of the enemy. It's going to happen. There's no way you can get through marriage. There's no way you can have family. There's no way you can be part of a family. There's no way you can be part of a fellowship without being offended. You will be offended. But the way you measure maturity is how you recover from offenses, how you deal with offenses. That's how you measure maturity. I, I met a guy, I knew a guy. He kept, kept presenting how long he'd been in ministry. And I think at that time it was about 30 years. And he was, I was been in the ministry for 30 years and, and was always presenting that as his credentials of maturity. For whatever the conversation was, he didn't, that was his go-to, is how long he'd been in the ministry. And you, 30 years, you should get a medal for that. I mean, that's, that's a lot. But just that he was offended, and his family was offended over every little thing. It just seemed like they were always losing friendships and fellowship and, and on the outs with people and, and separating themselves from people, just struggling with it. Because no matter how long you've been in ministry, no longer how long you've been in the pew, you don't measure maturity by age or tenure. It's how you deal with offenses. And on that front, he failed. Yeah, at the same time, I was working with this 70-year-old kid who had all kinds of things happen to him. He had lots of setbacks. People did things to him, and he navigated that. I mean, he went after that, using the power of forgiveness, using confronting, using all the tools that Jesus talked about in this chapter to, to, to deal with offenses. And I'm thinking, man, the 17-year-old, he's more mature than the 30-year, the pastor who's been in the ministry for 30 years, far more mature. The way you measure maturity is how you deal with offenses. and you will be offended. There's no way to avoid that. It's a matter of fact. Offenses usually are little things. In fact, when we retell them, we have to kind of embellish them a little bit because we're, so, <laughs> we're, we're a little embarrassed that the thing that set us back is so small that we have to make it seem like it's a little bit bigger or start collecting offenses. Even going to other people say, do you have any offenses you can give me? Because I, I'm short. I need a few more offenses to, to really justify my, my feelings. Um, offenses usually are small. I, I stubbed my big toe this week. Actually cut it open. My whole body knew it. Not just my toe. My whole body for the next few days, my whole body just was out focused on my toe. And that seems what happens with offenses is some little thing. Yeah, did you want to see it? I see a couple of you looking at it. Pretty good cut on there. Your whole body is aware of that little bit of, you know, where you stumbled. And the idea of offense is, is stumbling. It's actually... Uh, uh, called stumbling block, I think, in the old King James, and it's a, it's a hunting trick. Uh, you'd drive game down a pathway, and you'd put stumbling blocks in front of their, their way uh, so you could be able to capture them. And, and, and the, enemy, the enemy knows. I mean, he knows people. He works with people. He's, uh, I know people. 
you get this little offense and it'll, it'll cause them to get out of the race. It'll cause them to be hurt. It'll cause them to say, man, if that's what, if that's what church is like, if that's what marriage is like, by the way, I, I have no issues. There's nothing I'm, I'm shooting for, so I can preach this right now. Uh, there might be a time when I won't be able to preach this as freely, so just relax. There's no issue that I'm aware of. So, Malachi, chapter 18, verse 19. So it's Matthew 18, Malachi, uh, or uh, Proverbs 18. It says, a brother offended is harder to win than a defense city. And, the, and contentions are like bars on a castle. In other words, somebody, somebody gets in bondage through contentions. You will have contentions with friends, family, church. It happens. To win them over, someone who's offended, to win a brother over, it's hard. It's not easy. They get, they get so locked in that picture of what you did to them what you're like, and that's the kind of Christian you are, and that's that you're supposed to be my brother, and this is what happens. It's really hard to win them back. It's, you're going to have to work at that. It is achievable. It is possible. And Jesus taught us. He led, us, led, led the way on how to do that, and we'll get into that in depth. Here's where, here's where this whole thought came to me. Turn with me to Malachi. So Matthew, Malachi. Just go back. Malachi... Bill Vanderbush was preaching for a camp meeting uh, a couple weeks ago, or a week and a half ago, or whatever it's been. And he, he brought this verse out, and it hit me. It just really hit me. And uh, Malachi chapter 4, look at verses four and f uh, five, and, 5 and 6. Verse 5, he says, Behold, I'll send Elijah the prophet, before the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And we find out later that's John the Baptist. It's not a resurrected Elijah, it's John. And John becomes, he's in the spirit of Elijah, and he dresses like Elijah, and he functions like Elijah. <clears throat> so uh, we find out later as we keep reading that this, this actually happened after about 400 years of silence. But listen to this. Here's John the Baptist's mandate. And he will turn the hearts of fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the earth with a curse. So John's mission was to bring about repentance, but it was primarily to get, to get hearts turned back to each other, hearts that have been offended, hearts, hearts that have been hurt. And, and I, uh, Bill Vanderbush went down this. I'm not sure, I can't recall standing here what all his uh, points were, what he was shooting for. But it, it made me realize that uh, here we are, we're, pr we're praying for revival for the land. And John's coming as a revivalist. He's coming with revival. He's coming with restoration. And the place where God says, okay, we're going to send the guy, and we're going to bring revival where the whole nation of Israel is going to be impacted. And here's where I want to go. I want to work with hearts and turn hearts toward home, toward stray hearts, offended hearts, hurt hearts, back, back to where they should be. And, and if, you're, if you've had a spiritual father or your natural dad 
has done things that have offended you and you no longer are in relationship or not really wholehearted speaking to him, it'll affect your spiritual life. You've been set up. You've been set up from the enemy to be put in bars. You've been set up by the enemy to stop the spiritual life from growing, from flowing in you. And all of us at some point in time have been offended either by our natural dad or our spiritual father. You've been hurt by someone who, is, who you were looking up to. And it happens, and it's the way, it's a tactic of the enemy to get you so that you don't grow. I can't tell you how many times I've worked with people where I've got them. I feel like that's my mandate. I'm turning hearts. I'm trying to reconcile people all the time. I'm turning parts, hearts of young people who've been hurt and disappointed, maybe even disappointed with the religiousness and disappointed with the beliefs and disappointed with the legalism of their parents. Well, that aside, there's a way to connect. There's a way to bridge back. There's a way to love them. There's a way to, to there's nothing like a phone call. And it's, a, it's, it's someone who hasn't called in a long time and they just say, I just want to chat. I just want to be with you. It's powerful, powerful stuff. But there's no way to be whole. There's no way to be, really be uh, on fire and really flowing spiritually with those broken relationships. You have to bridge back. You have to work at it. And we're a broken record on it around here because of this verse, because of John the Baptist's ministry. It's huge. But usually what happens is the enemy doesn't want you to grow, so he gets you offended by something that your spiritual leader or your father, spiritual father, has done that set you back. Can I just say this? Can I just lay this right out? If you hang around me long enough, you will be offended. I will offend you. In fact, I don't even want to use you in ministry till I've offended you two or three times. <laughs> then I know what you got under the hood. Now, then, I'll, then I'll know how mature you are. I borrowed that from a friend. He said it to me, and it so shocked me. He said, I, I don't use people in ministry until I've offended them two or three times. I never forgot that. I thought about that. You find out what people are really like after you've stepped on their toes a little bit. It's a powerful concept. You'll be offended by spiritual leadership. You'll be offended by your natural dad. John the Baptist was offended. So here he is. He's coming to restore the children of Israel. And he prophesies about Jesus. He says he's coming with a fan in his hand. He's coming to burn up chaff. He's coming to make things right. I mean, he was really prophesying about Jesus. And then he gets reports that Jesus is kissing babies and eating with sinners. And he's not burning up very much. He's actually, the kids are climbing all over him. And he was offended. He thought, wow, I was, I was prophesying. This guy's just going to burn through Israel. He's going to be on fire, burning up the chaff, sifting the wheat. And here he is. I'm hearing stories about, it doesn't sound like he's doing that. It sounds like he's actually a nice guy. So John sent a couple disciples and, and, and said, are you really the one, or should we look for another? And Jesus' answer says, blessed are those who are not offended by me. Jesus' behavior was 
a stumbling block for John. John was having a hard time navigating the transition by saying, boy, I, I, pers- I thought it was going to be this way. and It was something different. That's where a lot of offenses come in. You have a preconceived notion of what it's going to be like, what church is going to be like, what that marriage is going to be like, what those friendships are going to be like, what family's like, and you have preconceived notions and it doesn't turn out the way you think it is, you'll be offended. It happens. Go with me to Romans chapter 16. And look at this verse here. This is interesting. Romans chapter 16, beginning verse 17 and 18. Now I urge you, brethren, to note those who cause division and offenses, contrary to the doctrine which you learned, and avoid them. For those who are such do not serve the Lord Jesus Christ, but their own bellies, and by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. This He's writing to a healthy church. He's writing to a New Testament on fire church that had people sent in who offended. People will be sent in, I think, by all measurable standards that I can think of, this is a healthy, growing church. Will there be people sent in who offend? Absolutely. And you can say, well, then I don't want to go to that church. No, no. What you do is you say, it's not about what they do. It's how I respond. That the real, the real onus is on my maturity and how I'll navigate that whole thing. Here's, here's how I got the idea of maturity. Let's go back to, to Matthew again. If you go with me to Matthew chapter 5. Here's how I've come to this idea of linking it up with maturity. Matthew 4, 5, and 6, those three chapters are some of the most powerful warfare chapters in the Bible. It's it's Jesus, how he navigated the war. He came as a bubble of light in a sea of darkness. He navigated this whole thing by himself. He's the first Christian. He's the prototype of all Christianity. And he's doing it alone. And he's got some ragtag guys with him, but they don't have a clue. They really don't know what's going on. They're following, but they don't know what's going on. And it's constant warfare. It's warfare from conception to the cross. It's warfare like no other warfare. Everything the enemy can do to stop, to try to hurt or hinder Jesus. And he navigates it. And then he begins telling us what he did, how he navigated the war. And watch this. Um, Beginning in verse 43, but really the context of this is the beginning of of, of, uh, chapter 5, 6, and 7. I said 4, 5, and 6. 6, 6. Five, six, and seven. Listen to this. But you've heard that it said, you heard that it was said that you love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Whoa. Bless those who curse you. 
One guy said, yeah, with a brick. <laughs> Bless those who curse you. Are you crazy? Curse, cursing, by the way, and, and Malachi says, I'll, I'll, I'll curse the earth. A curse is dooming something to failure. It's, it's, it's proclaiming doom. It's like, it's like when your dad said, you'll never amount to anything. Well, that's a curse. You'll never amount to anything. That's a curse. You'll never get anywhere. You'll never be successful. That's a curse. So as people say stuff to us, he says, now here's how you respond. Here's how maturity responds. You bless them. That's counterintuitive. Love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Try that. Try that out. Now, this is for serious Christians. This is for mature Christians. This isn't for wimps. You can't, you can't hardly do this stuff. This is hard to do. Do good to those who hate you. Pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. For he makes the sun rise on the evil and on the good. He sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even tax collectors do the same? For if you greet your brethren only... What do you do more than others? Do not even tax collectors do so? Therefore, you shall be perfect. That's the word mature. You shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Perfect doesn't mean, perfect doesn't here, doesn't mean like the way you use the word in English, perfect, like impeccable, uh, infallible, uh, perfect. It, it doesn't mean that. It has to do with uh, a spiritual maturity. And, and your father in heaven, he, he treats people who trash his name, who lie about him, who use his name as a swear word. He still does good to them. He still works to bring them to himself. I mean, he did that with me. I, I was in bars using his name as a curse word, and Jesus came to my apartment and brought me to himself. I mean, he should have damned me. And he didn't. He actually did good to me which flipped my heart. My heart couldn't get around that. And, and he says, that's where your father is. That's how you need to navigate offenses when people revile you, people speak against you, people persecute you, people do evil to you, people curse you. What you do is you do what your father in heaven would do, and that's how you know you're mature. You can put a dipstick in your heart and know how mature you are because how you, how you handle offenses. And offenses will come. There's no way to get around them. It'll happen in your family. It'll happen in your home. It'll happen at work. It'll happen in the world. And what blows people away, they can't, because their expectation is such, it should not happen in church. But of course it happens in church. That's for the enemy. He doesn't want you in the race. He wants to blow you out of the water. As I study church history, <clears throat> most of the warfare that seemed to happen toward Jesus were people who were close to him. And then later on in church history, when you see it wasn't, it wasn't Romans killing people all the time. There was a period where that happened. It was Christians killing Christians. Read Fox's Book of Martyrs. Read Martyr's Mirror. It's all about people proclaiming the Jesus who are killing Christians, who are offended. You're going to have to learn how to navigate that in order to be mature. It will happen. 
it will happen in the next few months when the pressure comes on us to conform to certain things and we all have different opinions and different responses and different, different ways we deal with things. And you can say, well, I'm not having anything to do with them because that's how they deal with that issue. Well, you're not very mature. You, you, should be able to, you should be able to relate to them and love them and still be in fellowship with them. That's on you. It's not on them. It's on you. It's all about how mature you are. You will be offended. Tell the person next to you, you will be offended. <clears throat> There's no way to get around it. If it happened to Jesus, why are you so surprised if it happens to you? But he wants you to grow. He wants you to become like your father. He wants you to become like him. He wants you to, he wants you to win the race. He wants you to go through this thing. And, and uh, <clears throat> the blueprint for how you navigate this thing is in red. It's, in, it's what Jesus taught. It's what he, what he did. I would teach this. I'd get down into Colombia or South America, down into Chile, and we'd gather a, a whole group of pastors together, and I would begin teaching this. And they'd say, they, they'd say, well, do I have to forgive this? And do I have to forgive that? And this, you don't know what they did to me. They did this to me, and it, it hurts so bad. It's everywhere. But the way to measure maturity is really this little section of Scripture that I just read. There's a few, way, a few things that Jesus taught that helps us deal with offenses. Matthew 18 is, is something we're going to major on here in a little bit. It's called confronting. And what we have to do is, is we have to cultivate a, a culture of confronting where you say, hey, hey, that hurt. Did you, are you aware that you said that and that this is how it affected me? And you actually tell them. You don't just stuff it down and stuff it down and then leave and never say anything and never come back because somebody hurt you. You have to learn how to confront. Jesus did it. He was just so raw honest. And we want to be like Jesus. But learning how to speak up, learning how to confront, learning how to say, uh, <clears throat> are you aware of what you just said, how it felt, how it feels to other people? Here's how it feels to me. And that kind of confronting is required. It's not easy. It's not easy, but it's easier than anything you can come up with in place of it. In fact, the easiest thing to do would just be to leave church, never say anything, break off that friendship, no longer have coffee together, no longer do anything together, no longer hang together. And they say, well, that was funny. We're here we were cruising along in life, and all of a sudden they've just disappeared. Well, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a lack of maturity. That's what you're seeing. It takes maturity to say this. Yeah, I got offended there, but I, I, I'm going to love them. They can't stop me from loving them. I'm going to get in there. I'm going to bless them. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay. I'm going to confront. I'm going to work at this. That takes maturity. That shows what you have under the hood. We can measure how mature you are as a Christian by how you navigate conflict, how you navigate hurts, how you navigate being offended. The best place to begin dealing with this stuff is right, right within your own home.
just between you and dad, between you and your own father, starting there. Man, that's hard. Trying to win a brother who's been offended, that's, it's like a defense city. They've got balls up, and you're going to have to figure that out. I could tell you story after story of how we've coached people to do this, and, and they actually got over the wall, and they found out that there's, they, can, they, can re, they can have relationships restored. They can bridge back to dad. They can, they can win a brother back. It's possible. It's doable. I want to be able to do this. Don't you? Are you okay with this? Let's stand together. I preach better when I'm not fighting against an issue that I'm just free just to say whatever I want to say. I'm glad there's no issues now that I'm aware of, and so I'm not preaching at something. But I know the enemy, we've been growing, and we've, we've been having a lot of fun together. There's been life, there's a lot of new people. There's no way we can go this way without offenses coming. It's gonna happen. But I want you to use it as a stepping stone to the grace of God. I want you to become like the Father. I want you to become like Jesus. I want you to grow. I want you to say, no, I'm here. I'm here to grow. This is perfect. I don't even want it to, you don't even have to change. You don't even have to change how you are. I'm going to grow. I'm going to grow with you the way you are. That's a good place to begin a marriage. That's a good place to deal with family relationships, but it works also in the church. I want you by your heart. <clears throat> I want you to say something like this. Lord, I'm all in. I want to grow. I want to become like you. I want to be like Jesus. I want to be a bubble of light in the sea of darkness. I want to do what he did to become what he became. Father, I want to be like you. I want you to be proud of me. I want to be your child who, who imitates you. Father, you were so good to me, and I didn't deserve it. And you blessed me so many different ways, and I did not deserve it. God, help me. Help me to be like you. Help me to do this thing. Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to do what you said to do. Help me. Help me.